Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Over the coming months, we as a church are going to be looking at the Apostles' Creed together, an ancient summary of the Christian faith that has traveled through thousands of years and functioned as an anchor of truth in a constantly shifting world. The Creed presents truth claims that can be explored, that provoke questions, that come directly from scripture and that are owned by a community. Thanks for joining us. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. The reading is taken from the book, The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2 starting at verse 42 through to verse 47. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Good morning. Nice to be here with everyone. Um, Welcome if you're in the room, welcome upstairs, downstairs, and welcome online. Uh, Or maybe welcome if you're watching us at a different point. Uh, You're also welcome. Um, If you don't know me, my name's Adrian. I'm going to be taking us through this next part of our gathering as we explore all that Carol just read over us so excellently as we uh, continue this series looking at the Apostles' Creed, which is this ancient statement of faith based 
in the Bible revealing the wonder of who God is and who we are as his people. And we've kind of got to this point in the creed where we've looked at the wonder of who God is as revealed in the Bible as the God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and how then God, through Father, Son, and Spirit, reveals himself through a people. And so last week, we got to look at the uh, Holy Catholic Church of how that is the reality of the wonder of God's universal church throughout all space and time. I think that's how Richard put it so excellently last week. And that we're caught up in that and our oneness together reveals the wonder of the oneness of who God is as Father, Son, and Spirit. And today we're going to zoom in a little bit further of, well, who are we then? Right? We're one, as believers, all throughout time, all throughout space. Um, but how does that work itself out? And we're going to look at it by zooming in on this statement, um, communion of saints. I don't know about you, but, but that's not a language or a sentence that I find myself saying very often. What are you up to this weekend, communion of saints? What about you? The silence here, it feels like maybe you do. Maybe that is how you roll out on a Sunday morning. What are you up to? High five, communion of saints. It's, it's, that's not me. I don't use that language. Maybe we should. That'd be quite fun, wouldn't it? That would cause people to question. What are you up to? Communion of saints. What did you get up to yesterday? Communion of saints. And just walk off. Don't, like, don't entertain any other question. And just see what happens, how that percolates through the day in your office. If everyone go around, they're into what on a Sunday? Um... See, communion of saints is revealing the beauty, wonder, awe of what we get to be part of through connecting to Jesus, being centered on Jesus, and he draws us in as this body of people that gets expressed locally and expressions like here at Oasis and throughout this nation and the nations of different pockets just bubbling up, gathering together that reveal something of the wonder of what it is to be communion of saints both individually as churches, but then also how churches relate to churches. We're going to see as we explore and ponder the wonder of communion of saints of how it reveals something of the beauty of who we are, what we are, like how we then seek to relate together. And um, it's what the image that's being painted in that Bible reading that Carol read over us is all about. It's like, hey, hey, do you want to know what communion of saints looks like? Well, here, here's a picture of it. A picture of what is birthed of a group of people who've centered their lives on Jesus and how they then seek to live towards one another. How they seek to live towards those who are not yet part of them. And you find this unbelievable kind of community of people gathering uh, together and in each other's homes and how they share and how they're living and it's meant to be there, not as some kind of utopian dream, but just like, hey, this is what you get caught up with. If you center your life on Jesus, it's not about you and Jesus. It's now you're part of something bigger. You now belong to a people. You get to express something of the wonder of what we state is communion of saints. And it is... As we get to understand that, it causes us to realize that it's not just for our good, it's actually for the good of the world. Like Jesus said, like, who are you? Matthew 5, Jesus says, oh, you're, you're like 
salt and light. You're like a light that's at the top of a city that in the darkness can be seen from miles around. That, that's who you are. That you are a group of people. You're there to show and reveal just the wonder of who I am. I don't know what you've got caught up in, but that's what I think we're being invited to remind ourselves today of what we've been caught up in. Something that's soul and light to the world around us and something that does us good, but it's meant to do the world good around us. And I thought it'd be great just to share a quick story uh, from someone else, actually. I had the pleasure of having a meal with Izzy and Joe a couple of weeks ago. And as we were chatting, um, little did they know what was going on in my mind as they were sharing a story. And Joe was just telling something of his story of how he became a follower of Jesus. And as he told it, I thought, man, I want everyone to hear this because this just helps us understand the wonder and beauty of what we've been caught up in. So I'm going to invite Joe to come up now. He'll take the seat, he'll share, and then we'll continue. Should we welcome Joe? Um, gosh, I've always wondered what it's like to sit here. It's quite a challenge. <laughs> Finally, get to find out. Um, yeah, good morning. So, um, yeah, I, I, we were having dinner the other day, and, and we were talking about um, just a moment when I when I was becoming a Christian, which was at university. And I don't have time to share the whole story, but would be happy to, to speak to anyone here about it another time. But as part of that journey, when I was kind of in my early twenties, becoming a Christian, I think I was um, recognizing that I and reflecting that I reached a place where I was acquiring some kind of head knowledge and learning more about the Bible and um, coming to church and exploring Alpha and a few other um, ways to learn about the Bible. Um, but there, there was a shift at one point for me, which was actually seeing the community of believers. And it was um, in seeing that that really allowed me to recognize there was something different amongst Christians. And I couldn't work out what it was for a long time. And I know what it was. It was that God was amongst that community. Uh, and that's what, what kind of made the difference for me. So um, I think remembering that, and I hope sharing it with you, is just an encouragement that it is, I guess, so impactful um, how we are as a community in the way that we love one another, um, in the way that we love um, people that come into our community. And for me, and I'm sure for many others, it was actually that that flicked the switch for me to go, wow, there's something different amongst these people. Um, and so I've, I've got a verse I just wanted to share before I finish, which um, I know we've, we've spoken about before, and I think summarizes this as well a little bit, which is from John 13. And it just says, um, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I think that summarizes it for me is that it was by the way that the fellow Christians around in the church loved one another, loved those outside the church that I recognized they were followers of someone bigger um, than this world. Um, so yeah, I hope that's a little encouragement. So good. Thank you so much, Joe, for sharing. I, I just wanted us to hear that because sometimes we can just think, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll look at who we are, what we're going to be doing, like why we do it, and they like, realize that we're caught up in something that's like nothing else on the earth. That we can so easily take for granted that uh, actually, as Joe said, like when you come across it, you suddenly realize actually this isn't just a club or society. This is something fundamentally different as Jesus said, it is going to reveal like who the God is, a Father, Son, and Spirit that is eternally living as one in love. 
That's what we're caught up in. That's why we've made a journey in, maybe to gather today. Maybe it's at cost. Maybe we've kind of been battling across traffic kind of closures just to get in today. Maybe we're drawing online and just saying, yep, just here. Why we've come is because that sense of, yeah, we're caught up in something that does us good, but actually is there to do the world good. Now, the danger at this point would be, well, let's jump then to then how do we do it? Let's go for an A to Z of how do we get to be and reveal that Acts 2 community. Let's like put on everything possible to ensure that we're kind of showing the utopia of community. That's not how the way of Jesus works. The way of Jesus is always about starting in how we live our lives. Like where we're living from and in. And then what we then do flows out of that. And it's the same with this. The communion of saints is all about where we're living in. And that from that living in, it then is we then get to live out. That's how I want us to break down today. It's just we're going to look at some living in, and then we're going to some living out. And then we'll see where we get to at the end. But in terms of that living in, like communion of saints is built on this wonder and reality of who we are and how we connect. And the living in is revealed in that statement of actually we're those that are founded on Jesus. Our foundation is Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 2.1, Paul writes to the church there and he says this, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together, with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Like Paul addressing a bunch of believers like us, says, who are you? Are your saints. Like this weekend is a weekend like no other where we've probably heard titles mentioned on the news that we've not heard before. Like if you watched the coronation yesterday, there's this ceremony that goes on and there was introduction after introduction of different individuals with titles that we thought, like, who's that? Are we meant to know what that is? And at the core here, I want us to see is on a weekend of hearing loads of different titles, there's a title that is given to anyone and everyone who centers their life on Jesus A title that's there throughout the New Testament as different writers uh, speak to believers in different areas of the world and they call them saints. That's who you are, a saint. Now, reality is saint is often a word that we associate with dead good people. That's what we think, oh yeah, saint. Oh, that's a dead good person. That's not how the writers in the New Testament saw it. No, no, a saint was anyone who'd centered their life on Jesus and was revealing the work of Jesus. It was a celebration of the work of Jesus. It actually wasn't about that individual. It wasn't about how good they were or bad they were. It's actually about the wonder of now their status in Jesus. You see, to be called a saint is to understand that we're those that have both received the gift of the life that Jesus offers us, that life of eternal life that is full of his love and acceptance and goodness and freedom. But it's only that we've received that life, it's also we then get caught up in revealing 
the one who's given us that life, Jesus. See, to be a saint is one who's received the gift of Jesus and reveals the gift of Jesus. That's what we've been caught up in. I guess used in other words, so modern translations tend to use the word holy. Word holy that's associated with God, one who is other. Is that being caught up as saying you're, you're no longer what you were? You're other, you're like God. You're one who's now in relationship with God, who gets to reveal God, all because of the work of Jesus. Like, who are we? Oh, we're saints. We're saints that are drawn together. I don't know if you see that in what Paul writes to the church in Corinth, is he says, like, you're not just individually saints, you're saints together. Isn't that Jesus founds us on himself and then says, now I'm going to cause you individually to just spin off in lots of directions. No, no, Jesus kind of gathers us as his work. Those who receive his life, reveal his life, and then says, now I put you together. There's something in being together that continues to reveal the wonder of who Jesus is. You see, It's about living in not only the foundation of Jesus, but also our connection that is made possible by Jesus. As I said, we're not just a bunch of people who just think, well, I've got nothing else to do on a Sunday morning. I could go and play golf. I could go and clean my car. No, no, I'm going to gather with some other people in a room and sing some songs. No, that's not what we are. But we're those that are saints, those who are have received the gift of Jesus, reveal the gift of Jesus, but also that we're then those that are transformed and our relationship with Jesus and with each other. And the Bible paints these different word pictures of what that looks like. And I want to just look quickly at four, four that you can then explore in more detail um, within small groups this coming week. Because in those images, it reveals something of the awe and wonder of what we're caught up in and what we use to reveal ourselves as the church. See, church isn't a building, it isn't just a structure, it isn't just a group of randomly grouped people in a room. No, no, it's something that's intricately, deeply, relationally built, built on Jesus and through Jesus, that in this ancient creed is described as a communion, a communion of saints, a communion that reveals a depth of relationship with Jesus and each other. And the first image I want us to look at is that of the vine. In John 15, 5, Jesus simply said, I am the vine, you are the branches. The danger of this is we tend to think of it individually, and yet what Jesus is talking about is who we are together. That together we become, as every other church does, a branch of the vine. And that as that branch of the vine, it gets to reveal something of the wonder of the relationship that we're caught up in together with Jesus. That Jesus is the one who sustains us as the vine does the branches. That Jesus is the one who defines us. That it isn't about the branch. It's about the vine that we're not about ourselves, we're not about the name of Oasis, we're about Jesus. That's why we exist. He's the one who sustains us. He's the one we're all about, and he's the one that through the vine and the branches, analogy reveals our purpose is to grow and to bear fruit. 
that together what we're involved in is, is something where we are deeply connected to Jesus, who is sustaining us. We're about something that is all about Jesus, that causes us as individuals to keep growing into his likeness with an expectation that we will bear fruit that looks more and more like Jesus. So that when people come around us, they just say, hey, you look a bit different. Just like Joe said, there was something about this group of people that was different because they reveal something of who Jesus is. But it's also a growth of expectation that others will be built in. That Jesus' desire is something that is going to keep growing. So firstly, a vine. Secondly, a people. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Who are we? Well, Jesus says, I've made you a people. A people that are God's chosen people. That's what we're now caught up here. Now, in that point, it reveals the wonder of our belonging. Like, each and every one of us is hardwired to belong. And Jesus says, now you belong to me. You become my people. God's chosen people. Now, in that reality, that can feel like, well, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm going to go around telling everyone, I'm a chosen one. No, no, it's not for that. No, as I often have said, like Peter Parker realized it when his uncle came to him and said, look, with great privilege comes responsibility. Like the point isn't to go around saying, look how chosen I am. The point is to realize, wow, I get to know now that I belong to God and I get to reveal who God is. Do we see it like when we're gathering with others? Do we see what we've been caught up in? We've caught up in something that is revealed through the picture of a vine, is revealed as through the picture of God's people. It's also revealed through the picture of a building. In Ephesians 2, 20 verses 21, it says this, together we are his house built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully being joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. You're not here by mistake. Like Jesus is both the foundation, the architect and the builder of a building where he gets groups of people like us and connects us deeply together in order that we become a building together. And the type of building that he builds is a temple. And a temple is a word that's used as a place where God dwells. In other words, that what happens is we become this outpost of who God is and what God's like and God's presence on the earth. That's what's happening. We're not random individuals who just happen to think, oh yeah, I'm kind of here. No, no, you matter. Our ability to reveal the wonder of who God is, to be this building, is because each and every one of us, whether we're in this room now, gathering at a different point, gathering online, is that we're being joined together by Jesus, founded on him, in order that we become this building, this place where God dwells and then lastly 
the image of the body, Ephesians 4, 15 to 16. Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Like we're a vine, we're a people, we're a building, and we're a body. Like this image of how each of us has a part to play, just like on my body, each part has a role to play. But also that my body is deeply connected. Like, you could pull my foot as hard as you can, but it's not going anywhere. It's going to stay connected to my leg. And that's the reality of what we're going to live like, is that we are deeply, profoundly connected with those that have been connected and being sustained once again by Jesus, but it also is understanding that we're not any old body. That who we come together to reveal is the body of Jesus on earth. And that what our purpose then in being that body is to become more like him and to reveal more of him. That's who we are. When we say we believe in the communion of saints. We're reminding ourselves, like, this is who we are. Not like a random bunch. No, those who are founded on Jesus, those who are now deeply, profoundly connected. And this beauty of being like a vine, a people, a building, a body. Like it. We need to allow the wonder and awe of what we've been caught up in to take deeper and deeper roots in our life. Like to allow ourselves to live in the beauty and wonder of this. That when we say communion of the saints, it's like, this is it. This is what we've been caught up in. The beauty and wonder of Jesus' activity in us and through us together that we then get to reveal something of who Jesus is to the world around. And you see, it's from that place of understanding more and more of what we're living in, it allows us then to live out. To be those that are living out like what we do together. That's why we get back into that Acts 2 passage, which paints this amazing picture of what it looks like to be a community that's overflowing from living in that place of the wonder of what it is to be a communion of saints founded on Jesus, revealing the wonder of depth of relationship by Jesus, through Jesus. And it impacts what we therefore do. You find in the Acts 2 community, it overflows in respect to gathering. You find they gather as big groups and small groups. So we do that, why? We gather because it reminds us of the wonder of who Jesus is. Of how Jesus is one who's revealing himself through his activity and work in your life and in my life. Do you think that sometimes when you gather in a room? Or do you come thinking like, what can I get? No, no, come thinking, wow, look at Jesus' activity here 
of what he's done in different individuals' lives. I'm gonna go and ask a bit more of Joah to hear something more of his story. I've heard a bit, I've heard a snippet today. I wanna hear a bit more. Like, what's Jesus done then in your life? So it's about gathering, it's about learning. That the way of Jesus, the way of following Jesus is one of an invitation to keep on learning about who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. And how we're meant to do that isn't individually, it's together. There's this beauty and wonder that as we gather with others, we get to learn from one another about more of the wonder of who Jesus is and the life he affords us that revealed through the Bible. Like, I love hanging out with people and just hearing something more of what they're discovering about the wonder of who God is. Because what it does is as I hear more of what they're discovering, it enriches my life. The overflow of this is that we're those who are learning. We're those who are praying. You find this community in Acts 2 just gave themselves to prayer. Why? Because they were wholly dependent on God. See, when we know that the only reason we exist is because of Jesus, of us being founded on him, of us being connected through him, we suddenly realize, actually, I didn't really bring much to this party. I really need more of you. And prayer is that heart cry to God of saying, God, I am dependent on you. We need more of you. But it's also a community we find is worshiping. It's seeking to celebrate and center on the wonder of who Jesus is. And we find it through the breaking of bread, communion, through the breaking into song like we've done today, where we just say, actually, God, with our voice, we just want to declare the wonder of who you are and our lives orbit you. And through the breaking of our hearts, of saying, actually, Jesus, I come and offer and surrender more of myself to you. We find it through sharing this community that suddenly it feels like, sorry, they did what? As they open their lives, their homes, their possessions, their money towards one another. Not because they had to, but because it was just the natural overflow of how they realized they were now being caught up in their life. As those founded on Jesus, as those now deeply connected to Jesus and one another, it was then, actually, all that I have is yours. I share all I have. Because it was founded on the wonder of Jesus who had shared all that he has. But it's not only sharing, it's also them revealing. I love kind of the kind of Luke's description at the very end. It just says, oh yeah, and people just added to the number daily. See, this wasn't a ghetto. It wasn't like an exclusive club. It was rather, actually, this is something that as we live in the wonder of, always seeks to include others. It's always being lived out with our neighbors because our longing is, is that they too would become part of what we're part of. As it becomes this invitation, as we say, communion of saints is to both understand what we're living in, but also what we're living out. If there's a purpose in doing what we do is it's always all about Jesus. I could have said it a lot kind of quicker, couldn't I, today? If I just started off, oh yeah, communion of saints. It's just basically us together, and it's all about Jesus. That's it. 
The thing is, we can all think, yeah, yeah, okay, fine, 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 yep, that's it. But I think there's sometimes a challenge, even in us seeing the wonder and awe of what we've been caught up in, to live in the good of it. I know if I'm honest, I look at my own heart and I can quickly lose sight of what we're caught up in together. I have the privilege of what it is to gather with others who've centered their lives on Jesus, the privilege of what it is to then reveal that to the world around. And therefore, I just want to finish just briefly just giving us four postures that I think we need to take as we seek to live this way. It's kind of how we seek to live in the good of this statement of being communion of saints. And I think the first posture is one of being humble, of humbly. See, I think there's a humility that needs to happen in us understanding that actually I need you and you need me. We live within a society, a culture, where actually it says, no, you've got yourself and you've got your own back. How you do this is in your own steam. The way of Jesus says, no, you do it with others. And the reality is that I need you and you need me and we need to give ourselves humbly to coming continuously to a point of saying actually to become more like Jesus, to reveal more like Jesus, I need to commit to love, to encourage and challenge you and you need to commit to love and encourage and challenge me. So it needs us to be humble. Secondly, I think we need to be thank, live thankfully. I think we need to live thankfully in respect to our hearts towards God and each other. I think thankfulness is that moment of continuously reminding ourselves of the wonder of what we've been caught up in. Of God, I wouldn't have anything of this if it wasn't for you, Jesus. But I think it's also that we have a leaning towards thankfulness towards one another. Like, here's the deal. We're going to rub each other up wrong. We're going to say things that we don't quite mean. We're going to do things where we think, really? And I think what will help us, because we're human and we'll do that, is if we have a heart that's biased towards thankfulness towards one another. Like, to daily take moments to thank God and pray God's blessing over different individuals we know. Like to arrive and just go up to people and say, I'm so thankful that I get to be connected to you. Why? Because they're part of the deal of you becoming more like Jesus. And then fourthly, I think it's being mindful. Mindfully considering the beauty of what we are together. See, most of us working out who we are together of revealing the wonder of being a vine, a building, a people, of being a body, is over a long period of time through lots and lots of mundane actions. That's how it gets worked out, just in day-to-day life. And we have to be mindful of, oh, this is what I'm caught up in. And then lastly, I'd say, let's live dependently. Let's have a posture of dependency on God, of continually saying, God, would you give me everything I need to be everything you've called us to be? So postures, being humbly before God, 
and each other. Live humbly, thankfully, mindfully, and dependently. And as we do, we get to celebrate in and celebrate revealing the wonder of what it is to be a communion of saints. And I think I'm going to pray for us to end. I'm just going to pray a really ancient prayer that's been prayed over groups of people like us um, just to bless us as we seek to live this way. So just where you are, if you want to just close your eyes, I'm going to pray for us. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.